Welcome to Real Testaments. The messages shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you. Amen. Um, in the last two days, as you saw in the video, we have the honor of um, celebrating our Founders' Day. September 11 being the day that our founder, the um, late Archbishop Benson Idahosa, um, was born. And like Pastor Uyi said in the intro, he would have been 82 if he were alive today. But we believe that he lives on, not just because he's our founder, but, but because everywhere we turn, everywhere we turn, all over the world, the people that he touched, the lives that he affected, the things that he started, even the statements that he made, continue to influence people many years after his demise. And so I believe that that's the kind of quality of life that God wants us to live. Amen. And so this morning I will be talking about the gift of life. And I'll just share with you a verse of scripture. Hallelujah. The gift of life. I want you to look at Luke chapter 12 verse 15. Hallelujah. The gift of life. Holy Spirit, we thank you because we recognize that you are the giver of life. We thank you for your unfailing mercies in our lives. We worship you, everlasting King. You have been the one who has been sustaining us. Today, we we say thank you for keeping us, our families, our loved ones, and the things that matter to us in health and in wealth. Lord, we say we thank you this morning. We open our hearts to be influenced by your word, that you would teach us the things that we ought to know, and you will inspire faith in our spirits. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says here in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, he said, and this is Jesus talking now. He said, and he said unto them, take heed and beware of what? Covetousness. Covetousness is the lifestyle of greed, the lifestyle of never ever be satisfied, the lifestyle of I need to get this, I need to get that, I need to get that, always pursuing, comparing yourself with another to say, if he has that, I must have it. That's covetousness. And Jesus says, be careful of a life of covetousness. Because in the life of covetousness, the likelihood of satisfaction is very slim. Because you will always see things that you don't have. There is nobody that has it all. Nobody. Even the people that you admire and you tell yourself, if I could have what this guy has, I will be satisfied. When you get there, you still will not be. And so it's a vicious cycle of deception. And Jesus, in his wisdom here, says, do not be careful, beware. Beware, be careful of a life of what? Covetousness. But then the most important thing, which is what I want us to look at this morning, he says, for a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things which what? He possesses. Mm. That's instructive. He says, a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he possesses. Possession is good. You know, I taught you some years ago on the, on the purpose of wealth. Who still remembers that? Possession is good when you know the purpose and you know how to utilize it. But Jesus says that the quality of a man's life is not a measure of what he possesses. 
Don't forget the title. Life is what? A gift. Life is a gift from God. And the people who use their life, who turn their lives around and make it a gift to others, live richer, fuller lives, happier lives, enriched lives, abundant life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever heard of the body of water called the Dead Sea? Do you know why it's called the Dead Sea? It's called the Dead Sea because nothing flows out of it. It receives, but it gives not out. So it's called the Dead Sea with high saline value. The salt level is so high. In fact, I'm told that if you, if you went into that sea, that you will float on it because of the saltiness of it. It's called the Dead Sea. No living thing can be seen there. And nobody wants to be like that. But when you go to a body of water that is fresh, refreshing, abundant, exorbitant, many times you will find that it is a flowing stream of water. Because as it comes, it goes. And nothing blesses people more than a flowing stream of water. Hallelujah. And so the Bible here says that life does not consist of the abundance of the things that a man possesses. Why is this very important for us at this time in our lives? You can spend the whole of your life chasing one thing or the other. You can spend the whole of your existence looking for that very next high. Looking for that very next acquisition. Looking for that very next attainment. If it is all going to be for yourself, you are going to find out that you will be at the end of the accomplishment, you will feel as empty as you were when you started the pursuit. And so this morning, I just want to challenge you to think about life beyond yourself. Grow to that level where living is no longer for your sustenance. Grow to that level where you are no longer thinking all your plans and pursuits do not start and end in yourself. If that is the case, it is a very small life. Even mathematically, look at it alone. How many people do we have on earth today? About 8 billion people, the estimate says. You are just one out of 8 billion. Can you try to work out the ratio? If you were to work it out in 0.00, you know how many, where you are going to stand? That's how small the person's life can be on earth. How much more when you equate that to generations to come? Today, Papa is no more, but we are still talking about him. People are still referencing the words he said. People are referencing the deeds that he did. People are referencing the decisions that he made. Even people that are yet to be born are influenced yet by the things that he did while he was alive. So you can imagine, but when you compare that to a person who lived only to himself, only to himself, you can imagine how infinitesimal that lifestyle would be inconsequential and there is no reason for you to be alive and not be able to look and think beyond yourself oh glory be to jesus the bible says in mark chapter 8 verse 35 jesus talking he said he that will seek to hold on to his life will eventually what lose it he said but he that would give it away is he that will find it 
is he that would find it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every time you look at people who have influenced this world, every time you look at people who we talk about all the time, it's always because of influence. It will always be because of influence. It has nothing to do with how many years you lived. Today, how many people remember how old the Archbishop was when he died? He was young when he died, in case you don't know. We called him Papa, but he was just 59. How old was Jesus when he died? Hello? 33 years old. A young man, if he was in Nigeria, especially if he was from the East, he wouldn't be married. Oh, yes, those my brothers don't marry early. He wouldn't even be married. Many people are at that age that are still living with their parents because of the harsh economic realities. But when you talk about Jesus at 33 and a half, think about the influence that he has on our lives till today because he did not keep his life, he gave it. So life is a gift. And for you to truly enjoy life, you must give it back as a gift. When you, when you live your life with the focus of bettering other people's lives, enriching other people's lives, then your life becomes fuller and more refreshing. Then you are even happier. Haven't you looked around? Even in a local assembly like this, the happiest people are those who are serving. Have you noticed? The gloomy people are those who come once in a while. They are the ones that are quick to recognize that nobody has called them. But there are some people, if they miss church one day, everybody will be wondering, why are they not here? Because they are servers. They are enriching other people. They are blessing other people. They are making other people rich. They are making other people happy. A bishop told us one day, he said, you are rich so you can reach others. There is nobody that is the beginning and end for himself. And it's a mark of maturity when you are able to add value to other people. You are not thinking about yourself. And there is nobody, mark the words that I said this morning, there is nobody that God created all for himself. How do I know that? Look at the gifts that you have, the natural endowments that you have. There is none that is just for yourself. Amen? If you are a good teacher, is it to teach yourself? If you are a good singer, is it to sing to yourself? Hallelujah. If you are an astute administrator, it's not to administer your life. Every gift you have, everything in you that calls for celebration is always targeted at other people. That's because you were created to be a gift to the world. A gift to the world. Hallelujah. But some of us find ourselves in a vicious cycle of pursuits, endless pursuits for things that, that, that terminate only in ourselves. And so what are, what are some of the things that people spend all their lives pursuing? People spend all their lives pursuing money, especially in when you are in this part of the world. You see, I, I always want you to bring your life into perspective. The things you do, the decisions you take, the mindset you have, is a function of your environment. You need to know that. The reason why everybody is physicated about survival is because the particular local environment is tough and difficult. You need to know that. It does not mean that the quest for survival is an international quest. 
Some of the things you pursue that you call breakthrough are not breakthrough for some people. Do you understand that? Let me give you a typical example. The first time I was in Dubai, I think I mentioned this many times. As we were leaving the airport and we were driving to the hotel where we were going to stay, and then we looked at something, the guy who was leading us, you know, showed us on this side of town, huge estates, white buildings, beautiful, lovely. And he said, you know what? This is the place where when someone turns 18, becomes an adult, the government gives him a house here. He gets a job. He gets a source of livelihood. He begins his own life. Now, for you who is in Nigeria, if you got that, that would be breakthrough. Am, am I right? But for that guy, is he breakthrough? Is that guy ever going to pray for that? So when, when your prayer point is fixated on that, you should know that it's because you are... Do you understand? You are where it is an issue. That guy is never going to... He's never going to turn 17 and say, Oh God, please, when I'm 18, let there be a house for me. It's already available. It's available. Hallelujah. You're not going to be praying, Oh, this is my brother that is ill. Let the hospital treat him. It's available. It's available. So when you make the pursuit of money the totality of your life, you are just being localized in your thinking. It's more than that. It's more than that. Some people pursue fame. They just want to be popular. Everything they do, they just want to be popular. If they can be popular, then they think they will be happy. But every day on the news, we see famous people committing suicide. Oh, haven't you seen that? So that means that fame is not enough to satisfy the intrinsic desires of a man. But guess what? The easiest way to attract fame is when you are adding value to people's lives. You are adding value to people's lives. People are thanking God because they met you. People are saying those words helped me. That encouragement was all I needed at that time. That act of kindness was what lifted me from this level to the next level. Oh, that advice you gave me turned my life around. That's impact. That's impact. That's what to pursue. Not the money. Except you want to use the money to lift other people. If the money is for you and you and your family alone, it's, then you need very small money. Hello? Then you're going to need very small money. Let me ask you. A man who is looking for food to feed his family and a man who is looking for food to feed the community, who will get more food? The guy who wants to bless the community. And that's what all this is about. That's what all this is about. That's what it's all about. You need to get to that level when you are no longer thinking about yourself. But you are thinking about the next man. How can I make his life better? What can I do to enrich him? That's when your legacy can live on even after you have transited. Hallelujah. People spend their time looking for academic qualification. One certification after the other. They just love it. They are fixated on it. It is good, but if it's not adding value to people's lives, the day they put you on the grave, that's the end of those papers. But if, with each additional qualification, you are doing more things for humanity, then even when you are gone, those qualifications will continue to add value. That's a better life, don't you think so? Oh, praise God. Praise God. Some people, their own is material acquisition. Oh, that extra shoe. Oh, I have it in this shade of green. I want it in this other shade. Houses, cars. 
especially in an environment where you are deprived. Poverty makes you think a lot of things. It makes you think a lot of things. Hallelujah. What about relationships? What about food? What about survival? These are some of the things that people pursue endlessly with their lives. But the Bible says the quality of a man's life does not consist of the abundance of the things that he possesses. I will end this today with my popular scripture in Matthew chapter 5 from verse 13. I'll read it to you in the King James Version and I will close on the message translation so that you have an understanding of the kind of mindset God wants you to have. There is a reason you are here, my friend. You are not here just to make money. You are not here to survive. You are not here to survive. Survival is just for animals in the bush. You are here to add value, to live quality life. When Jesus Christ said, I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. Abundant life is not just for you to put in your pocket and feel good. Abundant life is when it's translating abundance into other people's lives. And there is nobody that is useless. There is nobody that God created that is useless. Every one of us seated here this morning, we have something with which we can use to bless the world. And look at what Jesus Christ says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. He says, Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savour, its saltiness, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. He said, you are the salt of the earth. You are a solution provider. There is a reason for your life. And the quality and the beauty of your life is in that reason. It's in that purpose. And it is not for yourself. The salt does not salt in itself. The salt gives us flavor because of its nature. It is other people who say, oh, it is salt. It is sweet. For the sweet, there is nothing. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Until you apply the salt to an unsalted situation, you can never understand its value. Praise God. Look at what he says in verse, verse 14. See what he says in verse 14. Okay. He says, ye are what? The light of the world. Ha! Hmm. The beauty of light and the value of light is inherent in the volume of the people it can reach. You have a small light and you have a big light. If you want to sell them, the big light will attract more value. Why? It will illuminate more. Hallelujah. He said, you are the light of the world. I, I, I marvel at the mindset some of us, a lot of us have. Some of us, even as Christians, our mindset is still the mindset of them versus us. Every time you see some Christians make comments, you, you know, you, you catch cold. You're like, does this person not understand why we are here? He says, you are the light of the world. Stop complaining about darkness. Turn on your light. Some of us have become specialists in analyzing darkness. But that's not what he says that we are. He didn't say you are the world analyst. You are the social commentator. We are so deep in it that even where there is no trouble, we see trouble. Conspiracy theory, any little thing. They, they have all the answers. Just because you have a small smartphone and some free data that MTN gave you. All of a sudden, you just know what is happening everywhere. 
He said, you are the light of what? The world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Verse 15. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel or a bucket, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Verse 16. Let your light therefore what? So shine. I love that word let. That let means that your light shining or not shining depends on you. It didn't say God shall make your light shine. Mm -mm. He said let. You let your light shine. You let your salt be salty. You let your light shine. You are responsible. If you are not shining, it's because you do not want to shine. You are not going to ask God again, God, make me to shine. No way. You are already a light. Look for darkness and illuminate it, and people will appreciate you. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify you. No, glorify who? Your father. That's the purpose you are here. Now put it please for me on the message translation. I'll take the whole nine yards. Amen. Let me tell you why you are here. In case you are not aware. In case you think that you are here to acquire qualifications. In case you think you are here just to survive. In case you think you are here just to make money for yourself and your immediate family. In case you think you are here to, to buy all the trendy clothes and wear them. And post the pictures. He says, let me tell you why you are here. He says, you are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste what? Godliness. It is only going to be because of you that people will say, oh, it is sweet to be godly. It's only going to be because of you that people will say, oh, it is a better option to be godly. But if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? How will they know that it is better to be godly? Then you have lost your purpose, your usefulness, and will end up in the garbage. Here is another way to put it. He's saying the same thing. He said, you are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. You are a solution giver. You see, we don't say these things so that we will feel good. We say these things so that you will recognize that this is where God ordained you to function from. Hallelujah. He says, he says here is another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret. Those of you that think you just have God in your heart, that is enough. It says it, that is not enough. Today, there's even debate whether people should go to church or not. What a shame. Some Christians fall into that. They fall into that. You have allowed a disease to condition your behavior. You need help. And I'm talking to you who is watching. Who thinks it's fine to go to the market and go to school and go to every other place, but not good enough to go to church. I'm talking to you. You're suffering a symptom of a disease. It's COVID-19 that is affecting you. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
He said, God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with what? With this. As public as a city on a hill. Verse 15. I'm rounding down now. If I make you like bearers, this is God talking. You don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket? Do you think so? I am putting you where? On a life stand. Now that I put you on a little top, on a life stand, what did he say you should do? Shine. Life is a gift. He says shine. Shine. The easiest way to shine is to, you know, one day at a time, one step at a time, just add value. Just help people out. Bless people. Tell people good things about themselves. Because there's too much negativity around them. When you say good things about them, then you are giving them the real value, the reason to be alive. Everybody says they are bad. Yes, they may have a lot of bad qualities, but there's also one good thing. If you see it, point it out. Point it out. Help people. Give. Give to others. Enrich others. Because that's the only way that you will find true happiness. That's the only way you will find true satisfaction. That's the only way you will realize that life truly is a gift. And when you make blessing other people the pursuit of your life, then you will enrich them. And in in return, your life becomes sweeter and better because people see you as a solution provider and not part of the problem. I pray for you today in the name of Jesus that you would grow beyond self. That you will grow beyond the limitating values around you. That you will grow beyond your environment. That your pursuit in life will not be the pursuit of survival. That in the name of Jesus, you will come to terms with what God called you to do. You will come to terms with the reason for your life. To see that your life is designed to be a gift to others. A gift to the world. The light of the world. The salt of the earth. That you are the solution provider. That you are God's answer to a depraved society. In the mighty name of Jesus. And may you have no rest until you fit into the God's perfect plan for your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. May God enrich you. May God bless you. May God cause that every labor you put in to bless other people comes back with commensurate reward. That even generations unborn will be thankful to God that you lived. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thank you. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International. Church for Real. For more information, log on to our website at www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real. Influence your world.